Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pine Lantern Podcast. My name is Paul Lefebvre. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, the 24th of February, 2023. Uh, and today we just were picking up where we were last time uh, in our five warrior virtues. And uh, I'm, I hope everyone's getting a lot out of that. It's always good to recap and uh, look at your own life, kind of be introspective and say, you know, am I living up to these? Uh, and just kind of moving along, we're, today we're looking at temperance. And, uh, you know, for some, that's kind of a new word. Uh, but it, it really, uh, it's often translated as uh, self-control, uh, self-mastery. Emotional discipline. Yeah, emotional discipline. So, yeah, it's kind of a bigger word that uh, a lot of people, most people, I would think, don't use. It's kind of more of a $5 word. And so I, I guess I'm saying that because most people think of virtues, warrior virtues. They're not thinking maybe that one's not the first one that's coming to mind. Is that right? Well, I, or I think they're called a lot of different things too. So if you're if you're looking at uh, virtues and, and, and things throughout uh, history and, and various different militaries, I think you'll, you know, it's called, it's called a couple of different things. But uh, I think it's one of the, one of the virtues that you see often, yeah, as far as associated with warriors, I mean, you have to have discipline. You have to have emotional discipline. You have to be uh, in command of your emotions, uh, very much so as a warrior, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you said that, uh, I guess I didn't think about that until just now. Is uh, you know, it goes hand in hand with discipline. You know, we think of duty, we think of selfless service, we think of discipline, and obviously that's part of being a warrior at least a good one. Um, and temperance, you know, is, uh, I mean, it's it's part of being a good troop and a good man. Well, and we've, we've talked about this in the past too, which is, um, you know, both of our uh, admiration for stoicism um, and the ability to, uh, we use some different terms. I mean, one came to mind just now was combat patience. Mm where you're not getting caught up in the emotions of the moment. You're able to uh, sit back just a little bit from the mayhem, from the chaos, take time just to kind of assess uh, what, what actually is going on, sort of uh, separate yourself from the emotional, use the logical, mm. and then act on reason. And I think all that's a part of temperance. Absolutely, no doubt. I mean, uh, and it's, you know, I would say... Uh, doing this project of the five warrior virtues, I found, and I think that uh, it's the uh, probably the least talked about, but is you know probably one of the one of the more important because if you look at it, I mean, you could be you could do some valorous stuff, some courageous stuff, but if you're just you just fly off the handle and you're just no one knows what you're going to do, you, you that's leading over the side of you know dishonorable. You know, because I can, you know, just the first thing that comes to mind is Achilles. 
You know, I like, I, he's my go-to for this. And the guy was just a rageaholic. I mean, he could, he could just, you know, put the, put the whoop uh, on somebody easy. I think you bring up a good point that I've, that I've thought about, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, which is, um, you know, there's a time for the, the berserker. I mean, there's time to kind of bring out the, you know, bring out the beast, bring out Mr. Ugly. Right. Yeah. Um, but that has to be controlled. That has to be because there was a purpose and a reason. Yeah. And then you have to be able to turn him off. I mean, it's kind of like you, you think about maybe, uh, you know, the Hulk, um, you know, just being able to control, you know, when it's time to get mean, when it's time to get ugly, you know, you need to be able to do that. But yeah. you also got to know when, okay, enough's enough, and it's time to, you know, be Mr. Nice again. You know, the the, the sort of uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, if you will. Yeah, I, uh, in my mind, I've always thought of it as, uh, now, I'm sure everyone's familiar with what a berserker is. And uh, there's, a, there's a recent film called The Northman. It was a great film. Can't remember the guy who made it, but. Absolutely awesome film. If you're going to make a film that's not woke, it's not woke-tastic, woke, uh, you know, it's just straight up and authentic, uh, brutal, but authentic. Uh, and and the, <clears throat> the berserkers, you know, are just guys you have at the forefront of the attack. They're the first guys to jump off the long boat and hack up the monks, all that stuff. But And then you're often, you know, hopped up and all those things. <laughs> but uh, I like to look, think of it as berserker with a seatbelt. Yeah, you that know, probably is, wasn't the greatest example no, no, but, to use. But, but, you know, Berserker's good. I mean, there's a time to, you know, uh, you know, pull out your hatchet and go to work. But I, I like that idea. I think the, the, uh, the when it comes to temperance, it's uh, it's tethered. You know, it's it's uh, audacity that's tethered. It's uh, it's prudent risk. It's uh, you, you're gonna do you're gonna do some waylaying, but you got a seatbelt on. You know, uh, I think one, one of the things that, that comes to mind is, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I like Star Wars. I mean, when I was a kid, I used, you know, I yeah. remember going the to the old Star, Star Wars. Yes, you know, <laughs> uh, and yeah. I can't remember what you know what year that was, uh, you know, seventy eight, whatever, when the, yeah. the original one came out. Um, but I remember going to it, and and of course, if you see the series, uh, but most people are familiar with Star Wars. Okay, it's a multi billion dollar freaking industry, and. Uh, all kinds of movies and offshoots and everything else. But I think I've always thought the Jedi warrior is a pretty good example of no a, of a yeah. group that uh, preached and practiced temperance. I mean, you never saw like Obi-Wan Kenobi getting, you know, emotional and upset. I mean, even in, you know, sitting in a really bad situation, you know, he was just calm and cool, relax, you know, and, and think the problem through. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, uh, I think uh, you know the Jedi. You would see fall right into that, and I would, and uh, you know the antithesis of that. You'd see the, you know like the Sith, Sith guy. Right. He's a guy without the seatbelt. Yeah. He's just gonna full full vent, and it's just gonna everybody's gonna get wrecked. So he gets full vent to his rage. So absolutely, yeah. That's that's a great example. I mean, it's also maybe at this point we can bring in just the definition because at this point. You know, we, we want to do that. Dancing too. around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so so temperance. What, what, what does Webster yeah, say? Yeah. So uh, if we looked at Webster's, they would say that temperance is moderation or voluntary self-restraint in thought, feeling, or action. So it's it's voluntary is the key. Restraint. Yeah. Res, you know, and I'm looking here, restraint from revenge. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's times when you're not going to restrain yourself, but yeah, uh, it's got to be for a reason. It's not just because you're you're you know irritated, mad, pissed off, can't control yourself. You know. Yeah. It's not an emotional rage. Exactly. So that's it. that's the big thing. If you can, uh, as difficult as it can be, separate your emotions from the problem. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's that, not that, that easy. That is not easy. <laughs> no, that's not easy. Uh, not at all. Um, not even in. Um, I, I'm rarely able to do that when when uh, when the crap hits the fan. Now, rarely. Let yeah. me throw this at you, okay? For 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 the way men deal with other men, okay. If you and I are, if I'm picking on you, Paul, okay, um, I know you're going to pick back. Okay? Sure. Uh, it's all in good fun. Yeah. And it has to be all in good fun. But let's just say I'm, I decide to uh, take a stab at you, mm-hmm. okay, in the company of other men, okay? It wasn't out of uh, a good faith, okay? I was actually trying to embarrass you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what's going to probably happen there is we're going to probably go physical. Sure. Okay, because that's just the way it is, and every man knows that. Just like the song, let's get physical. That's <laughs> Roger. <laughs> to me, that's easy, and yeah. I think most men understand yeah, that sort of environment. Um, but now, let's talk about working with your wife or having a conversation with a woman. Sure. You're not getting physical in that one. Yeah. And that, I think, is where you, as a man... Or someone way, that's clearly weaker than you. Yeah, and, you're, that's I mean, just not an option. Yeah, you, okay? you but they're you pushing, but they're, but they're, Yeah, but they're yeah. pushing the buttons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. because they're, they're, they're in, a, in, a, in a position where they can do that and know that you're not, you know, you're going to be a man and not, you know, yeah. put harm on them, right? Lay hands on them. That's, I think, where temperance, I think, is most tried. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, and that that really has described a lot of my experiences uh, in non-combat situations like Bosnia. Right. Or even in, uh, you know, when we're not running a gun in Iraq or Afghanistan and you're, you got all your kid on and guns on, people are kind of being uppity and they're being kind of punky and and they're, and uh, they get up in your face, you know, so where you feel like a cop, you know, and, and people are kind of, you know, being very unprofessional and saying stuff and you... And you're like, yeah, I've got enough oh, stuff on me right now to blow everybody away in this village. No, I think I, I think when, you, when yeah. you said law enforcement, yeah. those guys deal with that absolutely daily. Yeah, so right. takes, having to exercise restraint, yeah, absolutely. And then when it's not done, it's it's clearly evident. And you know, we right. see, and we're we're getting to that, but that's but that's uh, absolute. So I, I got to sneak this in here too. It's so important. Is uh, I love the uh, <clears throat> the Koine Greek. When we look at these definitions, the and the word is uh, sophrosune, uh, and the idea it really just just means uh, self mastery. Yeah, mastery of the self. Yeah, I so like that's that. that's so important. You're mastering your emotions. You're in control of them. You're not letting them just kind of let you go. Let them take you wherever your emotions want to take you, which you know it could be some bad places. You could you you know we could do some really da- you know some damaging things. Uh, it's also important that because um, we we like to interact with stoicism because it's a you know it's a it's a fantastic philosophy. It's also it's sometimes thought of as the unofficial uh, philosophy of the armed forces in a lot of ways. So this is uh, also a cardinal uh, virtue in stoicism. So if you don't know that, there are four cardinal 
uh, Stoic uh, virtues are prudence, which is practical wisdom, and then justice, fortitude, which is uh, courage is another name for it, and then temperance. And uh, they thought that was, I mean, obviously, you look at, if you think of Stoicism, the first thing that comes to mind in most people is emotional control, uh, emotional stability. You know, uh, you know, there's a some bad. There's some bad characterizations of Stoicism, but the good one is the guy is just composed, controlled. I don't you know, think. Like I don't, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think anyone is uh, <clears throat> born with it. No, no. I mean, not. I know I'm not. No, and I, I, I mean, I think th- it's something like daily you're kind of yeah. like working on. Yeah, no doubt. The I think some people, by virtue of their personality type, uh, they're they're more introspective, and it maybe uh, takes a little bit longer for them to come unglued if they're being attacked, and they have just a little bit more patience in that way. Maybe from various for various reasons, and then some people are just more hot headed. And they just, you know, they're, maybe they have red hair. You know, the passive you know, aggressive. Just, I was thinking of uh, Adam Sandler and uh, um, anger management. Anger management. Yeah. So you know, classic movie. It, it takes all types, but you're absolutely right. I don't think we're born with temperance. And our, our, and I know I wasn't. No, I know I wasn't. Yeah. So our original uh, bent, and it, speaking from a Christian perspective, is to just uh, retaliate instantly. And and uh, to go full bore on you know whatever I need to do at that moment, right? Right. <laughs> However dangerous, but uh, so I wanted to sneak in this quote too by Cicero. Cicero was a Stoic philosopher, and he noted that uh, regarding temperance, that it's uh, it's orderliness of conduct and opportuneness of times, and so the the idea is temperance is doing the right thing at the right time, or not doing something. At that time, you know, that's that's the idea. I see, I see here another definition that I think is um, useful. The abstinence from or moderation in drinking alcoholic beverages. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason why I think that word works for that is because what happens when you drink alcohol? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, the, the logic is gone. Yeah. The rational mind is yeah. uh, kind of put in the back seat. Right. Yeah. Or in the, in the, in the trunk. Yeah, you're yeah. less inhibited. I mean, you're just going to rock and roll. You know? Yeah. So First thing that comes to my mind, I speak, absolutely. And, and you know, that's normally when when you say, uh, you know, something's intemperate, you know, that's what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, we look at this, this virtue, and, and, you know, virtue is a praiseworthy excellence. So we're saying warriors that have praiseworthy excellences, they can control themselves. And these are guys, we're talking about somebody who is called to cleave someone's head in half uh, or, you know, make their head a calzone or a canoe, but they have control uh, as they're doing this. So it's a controlled, uh, everything they're doing is, you know, in a controlled manner. And uh, so, so the first thing that uh, really I, I had, I wanted to introduce here is uh, it comes from the Enchiridion. So we're using a lot of Stoic stuff. The Enchiridion really come, it comes from the teachings of Epictetus. Uh, here's the other guy that we, uh, we, I think we've talked about him before, but there's really two, really three Stoics we're talking about uh, usually, and that's uh, Marcus Aurelius, mm-hmm. the, the Stoic emperor of Rome, and then Epictetus, who was the slave, who was also a Stoic philosopher, 
and so that demonstrates, hey, Stoicism was useful to the slave and emperor. And then uh, to uh, Cleanthes, that we can introduce later. But So the Enchiridion is really uh, one of the main uh, books. It's really a book of Stoicism, and I'm, I'm uh, introducing that to you. <clears throat> it's a great read. And uh, so the, f- the first thing that, that uh, comes out when you crack open this book of the Enchiridion, it just shows you the first thing is uh, it shows you the dichotomy of control. So as soon as you look at it, it's like, hey, there's some things that are uh, in your power, and there's some things that are beyond your power. And so that's really the basis of, uh, that's the ground floor of temperance. Is there some things, some things are in your power, some things are not. And don't, and and don't know which spend, one. Yeah, yeah, don't spend time on the ones you don't have any. Yeah, don't waste uh, oxygen, yeah. mental energy, emotional energy on things that you cannot control. That are out of your control. Yeah, and then just think about this. And that's really, he kind of gives you a laundry list of things. And there's kind of a lot of things that are out of our control. Think, you know, as a slave, there was a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but there were certain things in his control, really, uh, our judgment of things and our desires. And our reaction. And our reactions. Yeah. Now, those we can control. So I can I cannot control you, but if you know, like you said something you know that's just off color at a party, and I'm like, okay, I could get pissed or not. I can control how I uh, interpret what, what yeah, you what, did. What is what is the appropriate reaction? Yeah. So you know, I could, uh, but that's that's really you know our emotions, our judgments, our decisions. Those are under our power, and and you know I can't control who they put in the White House. Uh, what the armed forces decide to do. I, I'm just, you know, a peon. Right. But I can't control how I react to the, some of the dumb things that they do. And usually uh, I laugh. <laughs> but other things we can do, you know, we can vote, we can, uh, you know, call for, uh, you know, uh, a legal redress of some grievances. But I don't want to discount that. But I'm just saying ultimately... There's yeah, a lot I mean, of things think, out of our power. I think you're absolutely right. But even let, let's just say that uh, you decide to, uh, you know, have a, you know redress, right? Or have a you know exercise your redress or grievances. That that there though is a is a decision that you've decided to yeah. do. Uh, but it doesn't mean you come unglued. You know, you're yeah. not over there just crying and demanding that. Yeah. Uh, and I see a lot of people today. Um, and I just mean as a health, as a mental health type issue, that temperance could really do them some good. Yeah. Because it seems like there's a lot of people that just have no temperance, have absolutely no emotional control. And they look like just leaves blowing in the wind, Paul. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just, they're, every day is a breakdown because they're, they have no control over something that they want. They want the entire environment around them. They want to live in a bubble, and they want it all nice and temperature controlled, 72 degrees every day. And they just come unglued because life's just not like that. They're like ill-equipped for life. Right. Well, um, you know, the go-to, I, I subscribe to cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's a, uh, a psychotherapy uh, you help people in counseling, so I do. I do pastoral counseling. I don't do professional counseling. My wife does that, 
But uh, cognitive behavioral therapy really is stoicism that's used in psychotherapy. That's what it is. And and that deals with that's behavioral them, maintenance. And that's them that's them mastering right their own reactions and their own yeah. sort so, of uh, how they're handling these stimuli. Is that Yeah, that, so the, the the ground floor of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is uh, recognizing uh, the powerful influence of emotions and how they can really be destructive. And that's really it. And then also look at the primacy of the intellect and say, hey, we free our mind and everything can kind of fall in place within reason. And so that, that's the whole premise behind the system. And that's really the premise behind the system of stoicism. And, and really the, the, the people that introduced, uh, developed cognitive behavioral therapy where they followed, uh, at least in some sense, uh, stoicism. I mean, it's. I think it's also important to, to look at for our Christians because I'm a Christian, and I, I use some uh, Stoic uh, terms. I'm a Christian, but in a lot of ways, um, you have the Apostle Paul that that you know is you know obviously a, an apostle and a writer of the New Testament, and so the Scripture talks in some ways that are dovetailing with a lot of these thoughts in Stoicism, and uh, you know they. The Apostle Paul, I'm not saying rip these off. I'm just saying that all truth is God's truth. And so if the Stoics got some things right, it was because it's truth. It's already God's truth, and they just used their rational minds to find that out. Uh, and so what I'm saying is, uh, I'm not just saying, hey, look, just be a Stoic. If that, but that fits for you, go for it. But at least on this turn, on this virtue, this is true. I mean, this is something that we should... Uh, you know, work at diligently to to uh, to get better at. Besides, um, besides reading, okay, and trying to understand stoicism and some of these ideas, um, does does meditation play any part in this? I think. Uh, well, okay, so it depends on your your definition of meditation. I actually meditate on some things too. So I pray every day, uh, and I start with the Lord's Prayer. It takes you know twenty thirty seconds, but that just kind of primes the pump, and then I also have other prayers, but then I, I meditate on a scripture. So I have a certain scripture, like today I was in Second uh, Peter. And so I look at, uh, let's say, Second Peter uh, 1.10, you know, be even more diligent uh, to make your calling and election sure. Uh, for you do these things, uh, you will not stumble. So no, just, just looking at that verse and, then, and uh, you know, you're working on memorizing it, and then and meditating on every word of that verse. Now, so here's what comes to mind when you when you say that. I'm thinking the the act of that uh, immediately puts uh, you in proper perspective. Yeah. In, in 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 a proper positioning, if you will, in the in the order of things. Because I think when you do that, the first thing you're doing is you're. I think you're recognizing the fact that you're just a lowly human and uh yeah. and you're you're just kind of along for the ride and there's there's a higher order and a higher truth that you need to quiet yourself realize you're not that important yeah you know the the antithesis of of narcissism yeah and realizing that you know you just need to be an open vessel and be receiving and listening and taking in information you don't know everything so i think to me, when when you talk about doing that, to me that's just a healthy sort of mental place to start your day every day. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wanted to, that's kind of where, uh, you know, the Stokes would go. Uh, they had uh, really their goal of their entire system was what they called eudaimonia, which literally means good spirit. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's in itself, that's what we want to do too, is we want to be, everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be, you know, we should want to be, uh, as Christians, to do all things for the glory of God, but also to uh, to be in balance. And uh, and so that's why I like the system, is to be balanced, uh, to have control over things in my life as much as it depends upon me, and then not get frustrated and anxious with other things that I have really no control over at all. And, and that's the idea, too. So you could say that, uh, and then we're, we're talking a lot about the Stoics here, but Stoicism is really the art of living well. You know, living in a way uh, that's virtuous, living, uh, living in a way that's practicing, um, you know, these virtues. And, and so when you look back at, uh, you know, being the best troop, best dad, the best husband that you can be, uh, I mean, that, w- that should involve you know, being, living a balanced life, you know, having control, you know, over yourself. I mean, who, and that's really CBT also is cognitive behavioral therapy looks at, hey, uh, we want to control that anxiety. We want to control those things you're frustrated about. And, and so what you, what it does is it reminds the person, hey, you have mastery over that because you have a rational mind. Now, within reason, there are mental illnesses and things, and they, and there's a lot of issues to work through, but on the simple level, that's what it's designed to do. And I think for the warrior, it's good to, all warriors need to be balanced. And uh, that ought to keep us from doing, you know, from excesses. I was thinking about a. Um, I'm a preaching clip. to myself, man. Well, no, I, I, I was just yeah. thinking, of, I was thinking of a clip that I saw between uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson was on Joe Rogan's uh program man uh they jordan peterson said something i really hadn't even thought about before and that is uh, i think today temperance is even more important than it's been in the past Mm. and and the reason why is because uh uh, according to jordan peterson uh people are less restrained today which is going to require you as the individual to exercise more restraint because you're going to be dealing with more crazies um, and I think we see that. And of course his, you know, uh, thoughts on it was because, you know, there's, there's no, uh, in social media, there's no, th- there's no threat. I mean, yeah. you can, you can act completely, you know, bizarre on social media and no one's going to challenge you right there. Whereas if you're out there in the schoolyard and you start acting like a buffoon, there's probably going to be three or four other guys are going to come over and slap the crap out of you to shut the hell up. So you always have that sort of fear of, you know, um, you, 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 if you weren't restrained, if you couldn't restrain yourself, you had the fear of others restraining you. So that, that meant that may have kept things kind of orderly. Yeah, no doubt. But today in a social media sort of world, you see, uh, less restraint, you see more bizarro activity. Okay. And I think with that, what, what it lends to is the fact that you know, we as individuals have to exercise quite a bit more uh, temperance and and uh, the ability to sort of sit back and assess things a little bit. 
because things are just, you know, weirder than they used to be. Yeah, absolutely. You can be, uh, the first thing I thought of too is, is uh, you have, I, I run, we've all run to these people, uh, emotional infants. Yeah. You know, they just, you know, a lot of immature men. There's a bunch you know? of them. Yeah. And, and uh, nobody's reeling them in. Exactly. For, for whatever reason. Right. And so they're just running around. These are the toxic males. Now, if you want to talk about toxic masculinity, I think a, a, a tentacle well, and, of that. Well, is, and, then, and then how many yeah. of these young men were, were raised without, you know, yeah. male role models in the home? <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, so. So I also wanted to do this. I think, I think it fits. You know, sometimes we, uh, you know, we haven't done a whole lot of nuances of, of uh, these virtues, but I think this one fits, and that is Custer's Last Stand. Oh. And I think uh, that's a judgment call. So most people look at his buffoonery and how he had his 300 troopers slaughtered when they, you know, charged the village of Rosebud in uh, Montana, 1876. Bad call. Uh, you just, you know, just a to attack the, the, the Indian village, the Sioux. And, uh, but I see that as intemperance. Uh, and also... Uh, you know, uh, pride, arrogance, uh, but really intemperance. Uh, as because uh, I thought I, I kind of see of an, an emotional aspect to to what he was doing. You know, they had been into some scrapes up to that point. And uh, anyway, you have. Uh, I wanted to get some some examples of uh, how. Intemperance can be very problem problematic amongst troops. That's an extreme example. I've got plenty of those, you know, as far as myself. And I always like to do this to exfoliate myself from my own history. But I've been very intemperate in the past. With you mentioned alcohol, you know, I had uh, I've come up on the blotter report before. You know, third ID, you know, drinking to excess and then doing some. Unsavory things. Yeah, but it was you know, so much fun. You know, lots of fun. A lot of guys getting, uh, well, you know. What we call, what you call that youthful indiscretion, Paul. Yeah, what, what do they call that? RFS from uh, Battalion? Relief for, for standards. For just doing yeah. bizarro stuff. Just add alcohol. And the guy is, you know, up, you know, on the roof howling at the moon. Yep. Uh, done all that stuff. So, obviously, alcohol is a big issue. Uh, I think it would... I think we would be remiss not to mention other things that happened recently. Now we've had in the special operations community, we've had some issues yeah. and uh, there's one that still has uh, an investigation underway, but it did happen in a uh, third group. Uh, you've had some, uh, I believe some drugs, some human trafficking, some things that have happened, uh, just unsavory things. Uh, but those are definitely in the intemperate side of the house. Yeah, those, mean, those are the things that happen when you have no virtue. Yeah. So, you know, again, we talked about that. Um, we talked about without virtue, I mean, what do you have? A highly trained, un immoral yeah. man. So, so that is definitely an example of that. But I think, uh, you know, what could have what could have fixed that? You know, uh, what got me is some guy saying, hey, there's no war on, you know, and people just got bored. You know, it just, I don't have the whole quote, but it's terrible. When you uh, you hear things like well, that. I've heard that too. Like, yeah. uh, you know, basically I read that and I was thinking, um, what a child. Yeah. I mean, because basically what it sounded like was, well, I'm just not, I'm not being entertained enough. Yeah. 
Um, so the reason why I'm getting into trouble is because you're just not entertaining me. I mean, yeah. dude, dude, this ain't preschool. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, lack of temperance. My God, that, that's screen lack of temperance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted to bring up this example I have, uh, I use in the book too, is uh, really is restraint. Just this idea of restraint. You know, I use that uh, in the beginning of uh, the book where it's really is an example where, uh, some soldiers come to John the Baptist, and, uh, you know, he's baptizing people uh, in, you know, preparation for the Messiah coming. And, uh, you know, they're asking, hey, can we get, are, are, are we, can we also, you know, be saved? And, and just what he says, and we've mentioned this before, but it, it deals with restraint. Uh, he says, do not, uh, this is uh, Luke uh, 3.14, do not intimidate anyone, nor accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Just the idea of don't intimidate others, you know, just how that's intemperate. So we talked about, you know, there you are, your troop. Yeah, you've got all these weapons. You got, you know, probably a base load. You could do a whole village. Yeah, and you even, know, and even outside of the warrior class, if you will, don't let the power get to your head. Yeah, I mean that's really all they're saying. It's don't just, be a tyrant. Yeah, it's just like yeah. that. It's just like any knucklehead that gets a promotion down a power trips. You know, all of a sudden you're like, man, who is this person? Yeah. You know. So the first thing, you know, I don't want to pick up on uh, pick on our uh, uh, our men and women in blue, but the bad cops they have power trips, and, and they uh, the, well, at least some of them. And the idea is they, uh, like you said, power goes to their head, and it's intemperate because they do intimidate others. You know, they misuse the the authority that's been given to them, and then and I've seen it happen as a soldier. I've done that. I've had. You know, as an immature soldier, and I got away with it, and uh, which was bad. But I, you know, I didn't hurt anybody, but I did just push people around and intimidate them. And uh, you know, that's that's the idea that uh, you know John the Baptist is saying to those soldiers. That's uh, that's intemperate. That's uh, it's immoral. You know, you're misusing the power of that sword. And uh, so what I've seen, and uh, and when it, when you see it, and you're serving, you see it. You have a kind of a sick feeling in your guts whenever you see it happen because you know it's done wrong. Your conscience bothers you. But uh, I have one instance in the book I talk about where uh, the unit I was serving with, we had uh, some of our you know soldiers get shot up pretty bad and then um, went and did a hit on those guys. And uh, as we found those, uh, those guys sleeping, they, uh, you know, we, we shot them up and uh, to the point where there's so much ammo expended that one of those rounds hit a, hit a man's leg, hit him, you know, below the knee. And uh, so it, uh, it got to the point where there was no, it was just, it was an emotional event. It was about rage. It was about vengeance. And uh, because of the, uh, that emotional content of the event, it, it led to that man, you know, getting ricocheted and almost losing his leg, actually losing the bottom path of half his leg and also almost losing his life. And then, so the idea I bring out in the book is that, uh, you know, that could be, that excess can lead, you know, it could be very disastrous. Uh, it could be, it have ne- negative ramifications. Um, I think, 
there's so many examples I have. How well, I have, well, I, I could just, ex I could spend three hours talking about all the dumb things I've done and how not to do it. Well, I think pretty much anybody has that's, you know, it's come out of, um, you know, their teenage years, but yeah. um, it's an ongoing process. But let me, let me just throw this at, at you. Um, so what would you recommend for that, that uh, individual that is uh, struggling with their emotions and the control of their emotions you know, where's the, where's the first step, the second step? I mean, how does somebody try to work on uh, just some just some simple things that they can do that, that, that may just kind of help them and keep them out of trouble you know, right from, on. from acting on I'm, some of these impulses? I appreciate the softball. I needed it. That's good. But well, yeah. no, I'm, I'm no, dead yeah. serious because, yeah. I mean, just like I admitted earlier, I mean, this these are things that I work on every day. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much for something. I mean, Paul, I mean, be honest with you. I mean, we can, you and I can just be driving down the road and there'll be some idiot that does something crazy. And the next thing you know, it, you know, you and I are trying to, you know, we're trying to, we're breaching for the hatchet, you know? Yeah. Um, we want to take him out the next light. So, That's you know, true. What, what are things that, um, you Especially know, those, the drivers these days, you know, what I'm, yeah. yeah. You know, so, you know, what is it that you do, um, when you're, when you're faced with the, with something like this, you know, what are some good things that, that we can try to implement that will kind of keep us out of trouble from doing something stupid? Yeah, so I have, uh, I've kind of developed my own little personal uh, checklist, uh, acronym. I love acronyms, so I have, I have one that I think will resonate. It's STOIC, S-T-O-I-C. The perfect acronym. So, I mean, it's, it'd be hard to forget that. But uh, because uh, what the Bible teaches is your thoughts can become your uh, words and actions, and your thoughts can become your words and actions, your behavior, and then they become your character. And uh, so it's, it's uh, the first uh, principle, if you will, is really just stay in the present. So staying in the present can help you uh, stay focused. And so the idea is when you stay in the present, you stay in reality. You stay uh, in the here and the now, and you avoid emotional uh, excesses by uh, keeping them, letting imagination have its place. So instead of like, hey, that guy, I know he's thinking this, that, and the other. I know he just did that. And so now you're interpreting the person's actions, mm -hmm. and you're, and the guy is just, he's just cluelessly driving. He has no idea he just rolled over in your lane, usually. No, that's, I think that's a good point. I think we are really quick to assign motive. Yeah, absolutely. And and usually, you know, you probably go and you go, man, that dude's just having a worse day than I am. Um, yeah. You know, he's got a million things on his mind. He didn't even know you were there. Um, but I think we are quick sometimes to jump to a, a negative assumption even. Absolutely. You know, not even think the best of someone. It's always, you know, this guy was, you know, he's been plotting all day to, you know, piss me off, you know. Yeah. Which is completely, you know, ridiculous in most most cases. Yeah, so uh, to use, absolutely, to use uh, Marcus Aurelius, right? Uh, he, he has this, uh, this quote. He says, each of us, and I'm getting this from the meditations. He says, each of us lives only now, this brief instant. The rest has been lived already or is impossible to see. And so he just says, live in the here and the now. You know, that, uh, and then this goes back to the dichotomy of control. I cannot control this other buffoon that just wandered in my lane. Mm -hmm. I can honk, you know, and I can, uh, there's some other things I could do, which would be disastrous. I don't want to go there because then, you know, uh, that guy, 
anyway, so I don't want to go there. But uh, the idea of staying in the present is I focus on what I control, what I can control. I focus on the present. And it's staying in the present helps you to stay in reality. Remember, remembering what's important in your life. Yeah. Who you are, your responsibilities. Yeah. And then that should remind you, hey, I've got a family that depends upon me. If I do this other action, then I can hurt my family because I could be incarcerated. Right. I could lose my job. Oh, man. How many? How many? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got, there's people every day that are in that boat. Like if, if you had it to do all over again, would you have done the same thing? Yeah. You know, no. <laughs> you yeah. Know. So uh, that it's a check also. I mean, this also is, uh, I don't want to forget, you know, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity, but this is also a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's a Galatians uh, 5, 22 to 23. Uh, it's love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. I think I got them all there. Sometimes I might've missed one. But notice it starts with love and it ends with self-control. And there's a few nice other, sandwich. yeah, there's some other lists. There's one in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 also has a list. There's seven virtues, but the Apostle Paul gave these uh, virtues for a reason. The point is, I think it's it says a lot that it ends with self-control. And, and it's a spirit-led self-control. Because uh, there's only so much we can do. So, this has a spiritual component to stay in the present. And then, you know, to do that, you may need to pray. You may need to focus on a passage of scripture to that go-to place to, to remind yourself, Hey, I can't do that thing. I really want to do. And and it also maybe you shouldn't even think about it because your thoughts become your words and thoughts become your deeds and behavior. And so I keep, I want to hold every thought captive um, to Christ and so that's Second uh, Chronicles, excuse me, Second Corinthians, uh, chapter twelve. Uh, but yeah, that's the first thing: is stay in the, stay in the present, and then that I can avoid imaginary suffering. I can avoid imaginary troubles. And in my experience, you, and I'm saying, if somebody is for real trying to put the stank on you and break into your house, it's time to go berserker with a seatbelt. Okay, I don't need to stay. I don't need to focus on that. Now I need to focus on taking out the threat. Right. But if I'm just cruising along on Plank Road and a guy is a bozo, you know, he's going around a, a blind curve, and you guys have, everybody is probably laughing now because they've seen this guy. Whoever you are, stop it. <laughs> but, you know, that, that would help you. Yeah. And so the key word is reality. Uh, I don't know. Have we, have we gone to this before? Oh, well, yeah, because like a lot we of these. Have. No, because a lot of these um, virtues, and, and you're and you're right, they they definitely overlap. It just seems like we've they done all this overlap. They're all interconnected. <laughs> I'm getting a very French déjà vu about this. No, I mean I think yeah, but I think the acronym is very useful. Yeah. So what do we got next? So uh, think critically. So uh, think critically. We're looking at taking in the big picture. You know, I, I use the metaphor of the you know, thirty-six thousand foot view. You know, this is usually the highest at least that I know of, you could jump, you know, halo, military freefall. So you, you breathe oxygen. Anyway, you're getting a very high view of uh, like looking out of the window on uh, a passenger airplane. You, you can see what's really going on. You get a really big view that helps you stay focused. And, uh, you know, when I do this, uh, you know, obviously this is involves reason. And so 
what you're doing with both of these uh, principles is you're saying, let's let the uh, uh, intellect have the primacy. You know, emotion was in the front seat. Let's put emotion in the back seat now and let him put a seatbelt on. And let's let rationale take, uh, take the lead, take the wheel here. Because if, you know, emotion just steers the wheel, then I've, I'm going to pit the guy. You know, well, I don't want to do that. You know, then I could, you know, unless it's in training, but, or unless it's for real. Uh, but look, anyway, my, my idea is uh, reason uh, is helping us get a grip. And then we look at the big picture. This kind of also flows into, hey, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dad. You know, this could really get bad. And then also this, thinking critical could say, hey, maybe that guy has got a really bad day. Maybe he just lost his wife. Maybe I'm not driving. Maybe this person, you know, just said some really off-color remarks at the office. And then I, I kind of remember, oh, yeah, you know, he just had a death in the family or whatever. I'm not excusing that, but I know, hey, this is also uh, gives me more, you know, to think about. Uh, taking in a big picture. So, uh, and then now you, sometimes your acronym needs a little bit of help, but I think this works. The O is optimize. And, uh, and I look, I, I look at this because, uh, if you're getting flustered, you know, it could be is you're not being realistic. You know, you're not, you're doing something that's kind of, uh, it's impossible. And you're, you have, unmanageable expectations for what you're doing. I'm not saying have lower expectations, but just kind of look at it and go, look, you know, my, my time and my effort is I'm given to something that I really just, I don't think can happen right now. And, and so it's really too, it's too much. So you optimize your, your time. And, and this is where I like to sneak over and use that other idea of a disciplined pursuit of less. So I want a I want a uh, a doable goal. I want a little win. I want a little victory here. And so uh, the idea is I I concentrate on things that I know that can actually happen. Again, I'm not saying don't shoot for the moon and don't try to be awesome, uh, but we want to be realistic. And so I can manage things that are realistic, right? And that way. Uh, this can help me from getting, you know, anxious and frustrated and stuff like that. I'm not saying don't stretch yourself, but this is, this could be uh, a principle to look at. And then probably one of the more important ones is impulse control. So the I, impulse control. This is where I wanted to bring in uh, Cleanthes, who was another Stoic uh, philosopher. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he said that uh, he compared... Uh, a man that has no control over his emotions uh, to a man who is uh, like uh, to a dog that's tied to a cart that just the cart of emotion just goes wherever it wants. And and that man who is emotional has no uh, temperance. He's just like that dog. It's just wherever the cart go goes, he's just lashed to it. And, and, you know, he's, and he ends up acting like an animal, you know? So I think it, it fits. And so he has no, uh, ability to use his rational mind. And so the imp impulse control also looks at uh, emotional intelligence. So your ability to kind of uh, handle in interpersonal situations and, and uh, you know, speak your tone, your, uh, 
you know, saying stuff, saying not saying stuff, you know, being judicious, you know, with your uh, the words you use, because you you know the words you use could be inflammatory, and so when you practice impulse control, it uh, it shows that you're you're mature, you're an adult, you can you can be the adult in the room, and you can totally disagree with somebody else, and you should if you need to, but you just don't have to stoop to the level, and, and you know if the guy's cursing, you don't have to go there, yeah. you know, just it's, it's the idea of uh, and sometimes it's not uh, prudent to try to change someone else's mind. It's just yeah. a, it's a really a waste of your time. Yeah, I mean that's uh, what's the saying? Um, uh, never argue with a fool, uh, or never argue with stupid people because they'll bring you down to their level and they'll win by experience. You know, so it's like look, they're they're already stupid, and you know you can't fix stupid. So you just say okay, you know, you're polite, got right. it, and and emotional intelligence lets you know, hey, okay, well, and then the key word here is reset. So this is something I really love from uh, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy is it's an emotional or a mental reset. So if you are just, you know, discombobulated, you know, and I've had to done the, do this several times uh, in the show. You know, you're downrange, you're in, the, you're in the sandbox, you're in the show, you're doing stuff, something happens. You know, uh, where I really, like for, my, for me, uh, my buddy Lance Cornett died. So Lance Cornett, he died. Uh, when I was in Iraq once, and uh, you know that, that it really upset me. You know, this was a guy I th- really had. Uh, it was it was a great a great trooper, and uh, so I had to mentally reset. Like, hey, this this is combat. This is what happens, and uh, and, and you could also have examples where you you know the times where you need to uh, emotionally reset, mentally emotionally reset, and just kind of look at the big picture. And uh, look at what is most important, and then try to you know dispel this negativity, you know, and not go you know this can kind of keep you from again, kind of works hand in hand with uh, imaginary troubles, you know, and just kind of get rid of those. Uh, and then last is the C is to commit to excellence. I needed a C, but I think this is important too because uh, with uh, temperance is we want to do things well. You know, if something is worth doing, it's, it's worth doing well. I mean, that's also the expression in Christianity is uh, what is the chief end of man uh, to uh, glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So you, you, you want to see God uh, glorified in everything. And so even in uh, going downrange and shooting bad guys, that should be done for the glory of God. You know, and it's, it's done with temperance. So you, you commit to excellence what I've learned with this is, um, so the expression is go to school on yourself. You, know, you don't throw away your learning. You learn from your mistakes. And so you, you want to do the, a better job next time. And so you, you don't arrive. So the idea with, the, with uh, uh, emotional excesses, you're like, okay, let's, let's see how we can not be emotionally excessive. Let's see how I can cut down. Last time I was in the situation, I got pissed when this person said this, so... Okay, how do I how do I do a better job there? So, part of this um, that's helped me is to to journal. Mm-hmm. So I've journaled. I, I like to write things. Obviously, I've written some books, but hopefully uh, they help people. But uh, the idea is I reflect. So I reflect, and this is something that uh, Marcus Aurelius would do every night. He would write in his diary. Okay, that was done well. That was not done well. 
Mm-hmm. And he would constantly remind himself. And that's really what the meditations are. Oh, his, his, his diary, his yeah. journal. And so he reflected. It's a stoic reflection. And said, okay, how can I do this, that, and the other better? And, and so I, I love that because you never arrive. You know, you're always trying to better yourself and uh, better the foxhole. So I don't know if that helps, but uh, those, those uh, uh, five principles, you know, staying in the present, thinking critically, optimize, impulse control, and then commit to excellence. So those five, I think, will help. Maybe something to build on. Maybe you can make your own acronym, you know, as you are uh, trying to better yourself and be the best man you can, best father, best dad, best soldier. Why not? I mean, America deserves the very best. And that's why you put on that uniform. If you're a police officer, America deserves the best. And so you should be, you know, the best police officer you can. I mean, whatever it is, you do it for the glory of God. I I think we have more people thinking that way we can kind of police up ourselves and yeah, no uh, be, you know, be more mature and more useful. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we've talked about this um, in the past as well, where at least I'm firmly convinced that uh, there's certainly been a, an assault, if you will, on, uh, on manhood. Um, and I think uh, things like uh, the five warrior virtues and especially stoicism and things, I think go a long way in, in trying to at least um, challenge some of that nonsense that uh, people are inundated with today, uh, you know, toxic masculinity. Mm. Um, I even, you know, I just want to throw this by you because I, I, I saw an, an article um, not long ago. It was talking about uh, misogyny laws, and maybe, maybe you've seen it as well, where um, I think this is happening over in Europe, where... Um, they're going to outlaw misogyny. Now, now to me, um, I, you know, I can't help but chuckle because I, I mm. think, I think finding misogyny in 21st century Western civilization is almost akin to finding Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> I'm just not seeing it. Now, I think you could travel the world like you and I have done, and you you may find examples of misogyny in some remote village somewhere in the world. Okay. But in Western civilization, I'm sure I, I do not see a misogyny problem. No way. Um, if there's any kind of uh, issue that we probably have going on today, um, I think it may be matriarchal tyranny, um, where we have so many of our children being raised without fathers in the home. So, uh, again, I think I think these are important conversations. I think I think this this book. Um, is is definitely timely, and I think as men, um, we can get um, something like this in our hands and have useful acronyms and things like that to help us on our daily uh, pursuit of excellence and just being as, as 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 good as we can be. You know, doing doing as best as we can be. I think uh, it helps. You know, and yeah, I, and I think hopefully we'll you know turn the tide of some of the things that we're we're witnessing today. No doubt. I just wanted to say a word on, on masculinity. Uh, it's usually a bad word these days. Yeah, well, uh, but, I don't know why. Yeah, but, I mean, mature masculinity uh, expresses itself not in the demand to be served, uh, but the, the strength uh, to serve and to sacrifice. I mean, so if you look at, uh, and that is for the good of the children, it's good for the good of women, 
I mean, if you think of a, a man, if you think, you know, there's, there's different ideas of manhood. But, you know, one of the uh, prominent th- ideas and, and uh, characterization of a manhood is you, you have broader shoulders, you have bigger hands, uh, you defend the defenseless, you serve, you're a servant. And so you use that strength to serve, to defend, uh, to crush people that are trying to hurt the defenseless. And so I think, uh, I mean, masculinity is awesome. Yeah, bring your skill set. Yeah, it, it's and masculinity that's mature is what we need. Right. And, there, and the problem, and then we've talked about this so much, is men are just opting out and they just say, forget it, who cares? And that's the problem. And you have these other, you know, uh, extreme feminists. I mean, because at one point, feminism was good because you had, you know, 19th Amendment and all that. But just like feminazis who, who want to just browbeat men in a corner and so that men are no longer important. And that's the why our society is so, you know, jacked up right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been, you know, there's, there's you know, patriarchal, uh, patriarchal tyranny or whatever they call it. It's, it's just nonsensical. Um, men and women are meant to work as a team. Yeah. We both, we both bring our skill sets together and, you know, you can accomplish some pretty incredible things. Uh, it's never been a competition. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, uh, I haven't seen that in history where big armies of women are battling the big armies of men and just trying to figure <laughs> out who's going to dominate planet earth. Um, yeah. But this is what they're trying to convince us of. It's, it's, it's almost comical. So, yeah, if you look at, so if you look at what we're talking about in the, in the, the, the concept of temperance and mature masculinity. So, I mean, that's that itself. I mean, a dovetail dovetails, it goes Absolutely. hand in hand. So you're a man, let's say you're, you're a father, you're a husband, and maybe your wife is, um, you know, maybe uh, what's the word I need to look What's the word I need here? Well, Extroverted. I'm, well, listen, I'll be honest you know, with you. I think in the military, we run into this a lot. And the reason why is because we're deployed so much. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Paul is in the same situation I am. I listen, I, I, I dump a big load on my, yeah. on, on my wife's shoulders and While say, you're gone. You know, she hey, takes take, care yeah, of things. You know, yeah. Hey, um, sorry, you're going to have to, mow, pretty much you're going to have to yeah. mow the grass. You're going to have to pay the bills. You got yeah. to take care of the kids. Um, you know, deal with the, uh, you know, the door salesman and, every, and everything, any other headache that hits this household, uh, you got it. I'm not going to be here for a while. Um, and then we come home and then we have to edge back into yeah. uh, taking that load off of her. Uh, so, I, you know, I've always said, at least in my career, uh, Paul, and you can probably say the same thing, that, that my wife's job was way harder than mine. Uh, as yeah, far no as doubt. as far as military yeah. service, um, but yeah, listen, I think a lot of military wives can relate to what I just said, and so there's a lot of temperance uh, on both on on both parties uh, in trying to get back into an equilibrium um, from that. So you know, you're constantly sort of assessing you know what it is that you're uh, doing, what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, what most benefits the family. Um, and both of us have to be patient with that because I have to be patient when I'm coming back in the house, uh, understanding that she's been handling things, and that, you know I'm not just going to come in and say, "Well, that's just not the way it's done." I mean, that's just rude. Yeah. Uh, so you have to kind of ease yourself in, and she's got to kind of ease you in, and so yeah, uh, I think uh, military families especially um, have to deal with this. Yeah, may the Lord help us to uh, 
to be mature, masculine servant leaders in our home. Um, and to, and that's what America needs. Mature uh, men who are masculine, who know their role and don't bend to the, to wokeism. And if more masculine, uh, mature masculine men who, you know, are godly are, are pushing back on the agenda, the better off we'll be. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.